Got You Covered, a true real estate podcast. We are an office of realtors that managed to learn from the best with the worst teaching techniques. However, we survived with stories and lessons to tell. The goal is to help skip the pitfalls while enjoying the laughs and lessons learned. So no matter the real estate woe, we got you covered. Thank you for tuning in to our second part of Kings of Wood Street. Where are you? Of course, we're going to talk about you two. Uh, where do your customers come from? Like Dallas? Or do they come in to say, hey, we're moving in from Sims or Domino? Do most uh, Where does the new people from Texas come to Texas? Are you just moving closer in? Uh, I would say it's everywhere. A lot of people came in from California the last couple of years. Really? Yes. Do you feel like the city's growing? Yes, I do. And I feel like the more that they're going to fix up, it's going to feel even more like it's filling up. Because there's a lot of dead zones, I feel like, still. And once those start getting fixed up and... And those hospitals. I mean, they're building the new Wadley. Yeah, Yeah. over there on north of I-30. I mean, that's going to bring a lot of jobs. Is it going to be a lot bigger than the old It It looks like it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah, we got another Starbucks. (coughs) Guys, coffee shops are all crazy. Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, the hotels are coming up there things like that. Uh, and that will help hotels. You know, that aluminum place out in Nash, that, mm-hmm. that, I saw that the other day. That was impressive. They're spending, they're spending hundreds of millions. So, and I know, the, you know, Texas County has this thing called Ready mm-hmm. uh, Group that uh, Julia Mobley and, or what's mm-hmm. her name? Hubbard. Uh, uh, so, uh, Hubbard and Kerry Patterson and Ledwell and others are really working hard to try to and uh, they've got some good projects underway that right. they can build. They'll, they'll look; those people, they, they know how to make things happen. And I, I'm, you know, they're pretty excited about Texarkana being the, with the I-49, the I-30, and the opportunities. They have, uh, they have distribution. We're a great location for distribution. And if we can get the airport expanded out even more, and the, the Googles and others of the world that do the large distribution because, you know, all of a sudden you can un- unpack there and you can go east and west or north right. and south. You can go down into Texas. You can go up, you know, Arkansas, Louisiana. You know, it's got, it's, it, we are well positioned if we can get the infrastructure uh, working. That's why the new, we're building a new terminal out there and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But it, it, I see a lot of good things happening for the yeah. community. That's mm-hmm. what I guess I'm saying. And some good people working hard at it that are really community focused. They're not. They, uh, they they've done well already. They're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not all about making money for themselves. They're about making their community a success. Yeah. And they will succeed as a result of that anyway. It's, it's good for them, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But so I do think they've kind of got a lot of things. But it seemed like forever we were fifty thousand people. But it's right. kind of kind of. Is that me? Oh, that one. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, when I'm here, 
but at the same time, I often don't understand the economics of this city and everything. How, what, where the jobs are coming from? But you know, Cooper Tire obviously has got a lot of good stuff going. They're doing a big expansion, mm-hmm. apparently. So it's such a well-planned city. I felt like Little Rock, the older homes, like everything grew out, but mm-hmm. then they're trying to keep everything centered around the capital and downtown. Coming back and in so again. You, and it's the same as Memphis, but I don't know. There, it's just the planning that's been put into Texarkana has been thought out because it hasn't happened at such a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. things did kind of, I don't know. More controlled. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but we're not a fast-growing city. But that's what's actually been nice about it is because some grew so fast, they just started throwing up houses and neighborhoods. Yeah. And sometimes the landscaping. Like Little Rock, you've got where all the hills and everything, the older homes had to be pure and bean, but they're now, like, going back. But at the same – I mean, if you just see the roads and some of the sharp turns – I think it could have been mapped out a little bit better on the lots. It's as if somebody just designed it and never drove it. So when they put in a road, they didn't realize that was like a pretty big cliff turn that they were making. <laughs> well, when you're throwing houses out there, a helicopter, just let them drive. Yeah. Okay, now build, now build a road to it. Yeah. yeah, it was a little bit more like that feel because, I don't know, it, we just, it, it's worked out that the, we're a little more flat. I think that was smart. And then it didn't grow as fast. So you genuinely knew the area. You didn't just throw it up there. Yeah. Like you you could okay. drive the terrain, see what's there, and then map it out. But And a lot of people are more particular here. Like they've cared the land has gone through family or such yeah. and such owns or, or they're still on the board or something. <laughs> or, or because it's small enough that you – you, you know, sometimes a couple businesses I feel bad for because I think they would have done well on Texas Boulevard and the community was so active they did not get the permits to be on Texas Boulevard type thing. But at the same token, it's great that you have that many people that care that are keeping the actual planning. It's not residential, commercial, whatever the city, whatever the purpose somebody needed, they just said, okay, okay, okay. And then you've got just a slew of nonsense. Like, yeah. it doesn't really make sense, but nobody really cared. It is good that people are thoughtful and care and try to make a residential area, a commercial area. It's not just, it's, it's not choppy like some cities. Kudos to the planning committee. Some of that could have been luck. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it wasn't out of brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew some of them on the board. But I think some of it was the, the Connors owning. There you go. Yeah, people like it's kind of like divide up where somebody did have the foresight to see that that was going to open up. And it and it did create where. No, it was good. I mean, it was the right thing for the city. Yeah. It was a, you know, it, it, or that whole property might have got skipped over, by the way. But I mean, it. it it's easier if you're in a big city like Little Rock, or a city like Washington, D.C., Little Rock. They're not going to move the capital, so eventually you can maybe get redevelopment going. D.C. went through that back in the 70s after the riots in the 60s. And all, mm-hmm. all of downtown D.C. was destroyed. People were moving out. So you were able to do a lot more. And I know Texas Canada's worked hard at it. Uh, I forgot what they call that group. That, uh, Main Street. 
Main Street uh, revitalization yeah. efforts of mm -hmm. some sort. Mm -hmm. And they've worked at it, and they're having some success, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks great. Some business stuff going on down there and, and doing it. Uh, but you got to have a city and a community that's focused on trying to think things through and work to, to do those. And Texas County, I think, has been lucky in mm -hmm. that respect. We've, we've always had a pretty civic-minded community that wants to think about how to grow and be not, I don't think we were ever anti-growth. We've always been pro-growth, I think. Uh, I used to hear stories, you know, Texas County, you know, it used to be all local bankers. You had the Murphys, you had George Peck at Commercial, and you had, you know, they were, and you had the Caves, mm -hmm. and the Cooks, and, you know, the Morrises were included, but they would hold back, exp you know, expansion or progress, because they liked it the way it was. And who may be aware of that was Mike Sanders, because he, he moved here from Memphis to work at Commercial Bank as a vice president. And he said George Peck gave him hell. He said, because he, he, he was making more than the president of T&B, you know, and state first. Well, they're all family owned. Oklahoma, right. you know, they didn't have to pay their, you know, make a big salary. Uh -huh. So the banker salaries here were real low. Because hell, they own the damn bank, you know. <laughs> they made money, you know, you know, off the stock or whatever, you know. But they all paid themselves low salaries. And Mike said, "This is a son of a bitch of a town to make, you know, make a living, <laughs> you know, being a banker." And George Peck did it reluctantly, <laughs> you know. So, but he ended up going down to Mount Pleasant and opened up American Bank. So he got, he said, "The heck with Texas can't, can't make any money." <laughs> Bankers are too busy holding back, you know, for the progress of this city. Yeah. That was his viewpoint, being from Memphis, you know. Yeah, that, there's no question the financial, the growth of the financial banking opportunity. You know, the, the different banks here, out-of-town bank, and all that kind of stuff has changed a lot oh. and made it a lot more open. You're right. Back in the, in the, particularly in the 60s and 70s, where they controlled everything that happened in town because you couldn't get any money except from them. Right. Well, the local bank, basically, state, state national. Uh, That's why Travis knew everybody in every house because he financed, most, you know, First Federal. First Federal financed everybody's home, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember when I bought my house on Hudson Street, Steve and I would go down to see Travis, and and uh, Travis said, well, how much are you paying for it? And I said, told him, and, and he said, anything down? Yeah. You know, total about maybe five thousand or something because the house was like thirty, thirty-two, and uh, I said, "But I'm gonna sell my other house and I'll pick up another ten or something." You know, Travis says, "You know, we're gonna have to praise that house." I said, "Okay, how long will that take?" Uh, I've already done it. But I just now I'm just gonna drive by and say I looked at it because <laughs> he knew the house. Already yeah, knew he house. knew the house. <laughs> <laughs> I've already done the price now. I just got to drive by and look at it so I can say I looked at it. You know, I did the price. I can't remember. I think Ben Sandra, somebody lived on the corner of 40th Street and Texas Boulevard, a banker. We well, had uh, Stern Feinberg, and then you got uh, Dr. Hamburger. Oh, who's the surgeon? Knight, Dr. Knight. Yeah. Then you, you know, then it you was had a banker who lived right there where you turned to go into Glenwood over there at one time. It was when I was buying my first. I was going probably Stern. I think he was state first or something. Yeah, yeah. And and Stephen, of course, he was ten years older and was already in real estate here. And interest rates, 
I mean, people complain about rates at seven percent. Believe it or not, I've seen seventeen percent. Oh hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> uh, on 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 mortgages, <laughs> not on car, not on a credit card, <laughs> on a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of rate. Uh, Crazy. Ten and twelve was pretty normal for a while. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I go I go with Stephen. Uh, I told Stephen I wanted to buy this house in, in Alexandria, Virginia, and it was. Fifty thousand bucks, and uh, I could assume the mortgage uh, that was on it—it it was one of those back in those days. Uh, but I needed money to to buy the buy the house. Yeah, the, the difference. Yeah, <laughs> and the banker there wanted—I uh, could assume part of the mortgage, but I had to add to it. All the had equity. Yeah. The bottom line was, we go see the banker. And he asked me about the down payment. I, well, I had my five thousand or whatever. And then I'd, I said, I didn't know there was closing costs and all these other expenses. You did. <laughs> I ain't prepared for those. <laughs> and Steve said, don't worry about those. We need to be working on a loan here. Keep going. <laughs> and I said, well, we'll work on that later. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. And finally, the guy said, tell me about the neighborhood. It was not a local loan, obviously. It was in Virginia. And it was only going to make it because of my brother. But and the guy said, I said, okay, well, we'll do it, whatever. And he does it. I'm walking out, and I said, bro. You didn't ask him what the rate was. He said, John D., when you need the money, you don't ask the rate. <laughs> That's immaterial. <laughs> when you start saying. <laughs> don't worry about the rate. You got to have the money. <laughs> I said, got it, bro. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. And that's Steve Ravelli Creek. Get the deal. In action. Get Make the deal, deal done. Happen. I don't care. Get the money. Get the, we'll figure it all out. Don't worry. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Never dreamed about not asking what I was going to have to pay. <laughs> that's a secondary problem. You ain't going to have to pay nothing if you don't get the house. You ain't Oh, fun times. Oh, the way he used to hitchhike. I was just thinking, I was thinking of him down at the University of Houston. He used to well, hitchhike. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he wouldn't do anything. Can you imagine standing on the side of the street putting your thumb out? People used to do that. A no. Huh? Oh, we picked him up all the time for Mobile. So I remember I picked up my first hitchhiker, and I thought he'd be proud. And he was like, have you lost your mind? Your dad hitchhiked? Auto. Oh, well, yeah. He would, he would hitchhike, and he'd pick him up. When I was a kid, he always picked him up. Yeah. So when People. we would ride Alabama to Tetrakina, like mo almost always, like we were picking up, and <laughs> somebody was out hitchhiking, and it, it, I, I thought it was cool as a kid. You'd hear their story, what was going on, they were going to see. Oh, I just mass killed about twenty yeah. people. That's what I was gonna say. Did you, you not know, watch scary movies? Nick. Hell, I was here one time. We were in his office. He said, "I got to go to Hot Springs." I said, "I thought you said your car was there." Yeah. That badass. He <laughs> he gets out of his chair. He waddles out. You know, come on, I gotta go. I gotta go. He climbs over the damn fence, get over the interstate, and he, he's sitting there thumbing. I just sitting there amazed, just watching. <laughs> you know, he just you know he had his coat loose, a tie loose. You know, he just oh, I said crazy. Thumb, thumb up, baby. Gotta get to husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get Did his he get car. Get picked up? Huh? Yeah. I waited there. I just said I gotta watch this. <laughs> I gotta watch it. He wasn't picked up real quick, but he wasn't long. He, you know, guy pulls over, hell, he waddles up there and gets in there. This is back when he was really heavy. Evan Lewis, good God. Uh, I said, you're crazy. Uh, I called him a couple hours later. You make it? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, sorry, I don't care what that guy was. You know, <laughs> Just making sure you're alive. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have the nerve. You know, Stephen was probably about 50. And, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there going, because he, you know, always talk about hitchhiking to Houston, go mm -hmm. back to school. And I said, man, you're crazy. I didn't know he picked kids up with, or guys with you. Good well, God, it's crazy. Stephen, and he'd be like, crawling back, y'all get the back, like, if it was like a family or, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't very really weird looking or scary looking. What did what did Stephen do when he see all these panhandlers out like on the corner? What was he giving money or just? Some, like, if it was a family, he was a sucker. Or, I mean, like, now I say he's a sucker because some people, you see them every day and they go get in their like really nice car. <laughs> He'd give them a job. But, oh. Yeah, but like a family he would take to Luby's and like, because I was thinking they were on the road, you gave them a ride, but you like insisted they needed to take their family to eat it. So you got to sit there with them. Yeah. <laughs> so or sometimes he'd drop off if he was going somewhere, but you know, like, and if you were asking for money for gas, he'd be like, "Come on, meet me at the station. Get yeah. that car that needs gas." You know, like he kind of help, but well, we'll make sure it's real. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fine. I ain't. Uh, you know, 50 years old to be hitchhiking is crazy. That is crazy. But when I picked up one, and he was like, you don't need to do that by yourself, because I was driving back from Telluride to to Colorado, whatever, Fort Lewis, Durango, and there was just a guy and a dog, so I picked him up and gave him a ride. And, but I was like, he had a dog. You can tell he's a college kid. No, he's nice. So he's going to the same town as me. So yeah, he was real nice, but dad was like, you don't need to do that. Like, <laughs> but you do it. I'm like, you do it all the time. Like, I can't believe you did it either, though. Like, the guy was cute, so. Okay, there you <laughs> go. He had a dog. Hop so. in. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> kind of like Reba on Wood Street, you know, the right. Nick and Dan, that's who they were. I think. Wasn't that their name? What do you think the challenges are for Texarkana real estate salespeople today in terms of uh, training? I feel like a lot of them aren't being trained because we're so, I don't know. I think training is a big part because we'll see new agents sign up and then they're just, they're gone. Or maybe they're not from here. And so you don't feel like you can, because we'll have you'll have down months sometimes, and you'll, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes I'm like, should I still do this? But then I'm like, yes, because here's, I just need to get my mind focused and start being proactive, like Virginia teaches us. So you don't fall into those dead, dead months. Mm -hmm. Always and have you a plan. Just always live broke. Yeah. You just always. That's it from dad. Or they'll spend the money. Yeah. When the commission comes in, you'll see new purse, new nails, new. And you like, can't do you that. Can't. Uh, you have to. That's squirrel, not smart. Squirrel, squirrel. Yep. Like prepare for the winter. <laughs> but I think they're just not trained on that, so they. They yeah, just fail. Is there a high turnover in, in the agent world? Do people try it, get out, try it, pass? Is, is there a, 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 a real hardcore real realtor who's been that has kind of grown? Expand yeah, I mean, and contract based on the difficulty of the business and how hard you really have to do them. 
Uh, yeah, because I think they think, oh, this is going to be easy. You don't have to have college, but you do have to take classes and you do have to take tests. So you got to do, do continuing education. Yeah, you have and a that, lot that just will sell a house or so that it, it's really supplemental income. Yeah. Uh, my license here. But when I had one, never did anything, but, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, mean, I got it been, when I was in college. It's been interesting. To, Watch the different real estate. I mean, they, obviously, we're multifamily generational, and, and I think there are probably other families that are like that in the real estate game here, uh, but I don't really know. I uh, think actually a lot I see, like the, which they actually historically say the third generations usually are the failing business. Uh -huh. No pressure. They kill it. But yeah, like in a family business. No pressure. It usually does go. <laughs> Go back to the third generation, in which I learned that from Stacy Hamilton's husband. He thought I was second, and he mentioned, like, oh, don't worry, it'll be your kids that lose the business. I was like, no, <laughs> no I'm the third. That's me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence. Yeah, and we started reading articles, and I was like, oh, my God, it's the third. <laughs> We're not going to do that. You're, so, really, you're really the fourth. You gotta count Granddad. You gotta count Granddad. Oh, I, I see it in furniture stores. He, he was buying and selling real estate, renting. You know they'll, yeah. you know, used to always run a for everybody. Fourth of July open, Fourth of July open Labor Day, second, third generations. Oh, they close those days. Mm -hmm. You know they, you know Thanksgiving. Well, we're gonna take Friday off too, so make it a two day. Come back Saturday or close it three days. Friday, you know Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. First generation doesn't do it because they're too busy fighting to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. You know, so the furniture business is the same way. Family stores, they just don't work as hard. Yeah. You know, they got to have their t day off, and you know, or their dads or their parents. You know, they worked all the time. Mm -hmm. There is a difference. Yeah. It, well, sometimes I think once a business is made or it's going. It's easy to get distracted into the what your own world, and then you start fighting with people about how you want it done. Versus, I think you know, and I think of first generation of us. Uh, you know, in some ways, you really are second. Mother, five kids. What she started with, uh, you know, was mom and granddad and an Italian community mindset. There used to be a nice little Italian community. And that, that community, my grandfather and mom, yeah, they used to literally go see the Vetranos, the Scanneros, and some Galleys, and, you know, and, and they were yeah. they, they were close-knit. And so families were raised to be kind of close-knit, particularly. Mm -hmm. And when you lose somebody like we did, when you know, the ages are 7 to 17, it was easy to get all five to be working together. Right. And it was also easy, mom and granddad and, and the others, to start to sort of step up and fill in for daddy. And... So, I just think that your, our approach was always a team approach. It was one bucket. You know, we were all living out of the same bucket. We just got to keep something, keep money in the bucket so we can get, pay for what we got to get done. Right. But it really was only one bucket. And then once you get to the next generation and stuff, you know, that bucket is now, they start splitting off into their things. Well, Tommy liked construction, Stephen liked that. They're only, you know, and then you're fighting about which one is you do it, and you start, and then by the third generation, you, you can, if it's multiple people, you can really yeah. start seeing the, where when you start out, 
You're all just starting by yeah, surviving. Same you, starting You're part. trying to survive yeah. and make sure everybody else in, the, in, in our in our little group survive. So you just it, it, there there is no as they would say they might fight, but you couldn't find a scene. Too much coffee. And uh, if you're going after them, you, you know you you you, you they would fight with each other, but they would not. You couldn't find the scene. If you were coming after Raffaelli between any of the other Raffaellis when we were all young, you know, it did, we were always on our on your, our side. <laughs> you know? Danny said yeah. you, you got in a fight with one of you, you got in a fight with all, five ever, of you. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was no scene to be had. I mean, that was kind of granddad and mother, and granddad and mom. I mean, they, 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 uh, uh, they, they were with you, <laughs> and and they uh, either. What was this story about Dandy that something about one of y'all got in trouble? I think it was you got in trouble at school. I did a few times. <laughs> and I got in school. I got thrown out of school one week. I got spent. Uh, uh, Texarkana has this lovely two sides of the city, Arkansas and Texas, uh -huh. <laughs> and I was proud Texas side. Uh, uh, even though I was born on the Arkansas side, but only because the hospital was over there, right? Uh, and Daddy brought some sand, Texas soil, and it's like, no way. But anyway, it's like being born under Texas soil. But anyway, uh, but no, true story. I, I mean, Mother was total defender. Of, 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 I started from my own No matter what, I'm on your side. But, oh, principal calls my mother and said, well, Ms. Raphael, I've got a problem. John D's been, you know, getting in some trouble. And first thing she says to the principal is, I don't give a damn. What you say, if he says he didn't do it, I'm going to be with him. What did he do? And the principal goes, I think I'll let him tell you when he gets home. <laughs> so I go home. <laughs> I've been suspended for a week, uh, which actually kind of worked out well because Lewis came home that week from Kent Military Week. So I actually got a lot of the fun. But another story. But anyway, mother says, well, what did you do? What happened? I said, well, a game last night you playing Arkansas and I said half hog half ham Arkansas ain't worth a damn and they had put out a notice no profanity at the games and some <laughs> teacher saw me say you know stand up to holler and sure enough turned my ass into the principal so mother just looks for and says damn I said damn to him on the phone I said what the you know I don't give a damn what he did he says well, I guess he, that's my fault too. So never mind. <laughs> so she didn't. She was pretty nice. So, <laughs> but and you did I told do her it. what I said. She went, "Oh damn!" I said, "Damn to him on the phone." <laughs> now I know why he told me he'd let me. You tell me. <laughs> what was the principal going to say? Well, he said, "Damn!" Well, I just said it too. <laughs> Because Lewis was more mischievous, focused than any of us. Uh, Lewis was extremely thin, and, uh, wiry, and he would get into anything and everything, and do anything and everything. And um, mother just couldn't handle him. Uh, Stephen kind of took on the job of, you know, oldest son, help out the mother uh -huh. and everything. Lewis was kind of on his own, and 
then Reba, we had the three little ones. But uh, Father Tom, my mother was a good Irish girl, and a brother who, had a, who was a priest. And uh, Father Tom was who basically was who she always turned to for help to tell her what to do. And uh, that's what she did. He so said no he, said, he said, <laughs> well, it wasn't military school. St. Stanislaus in Bay St. Louis was a Jesuit school. But they beat the heck out of you. They, they, the idea of physical punishment uh, wasn't prohibited back in the 60s. <laughs> oh, gosh. You should just call me. I don't know why. Oh, okay. I'm like, well, where's the light? That was an accidental call. I was, oh, but the, I was literally phone calls, and, and I stuck in my pocket. I must have hit your name or something. Pocket dialed. Did he go for like a year or so? Danny couldn't remember Lewis going to. It was military school. Yeah, I, I didn't remember that. I just, I just, I just remember from Wood Street, and really. Didn't see, the only time I ever saw him was always at the M.J. Gabor's Gulf Station. He'd be in his Volkswagen with, well, with Mary Lou. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was going to Arkansas. Ironically, Law when, when Lewis came home, he was he turned out to be – Bay St. Louis, St. St. Louis straightened him out. I was going to ask that. Yeah, no, it definitely straightened him out. And he – and of course, he fell in love with Mary Lou uh, early in the high school range. They, they were all so. As soon as he got back out of high school and his college at Six Kansas, they got married. I mean, he got married young. They lived. There used to be those apartments over off. I think it might have been on Texas Boulevard, one of those. But anyway, very small efficiency apartment. Anyway, I remember Lewis and Mary living there. I'll have to ask Mary what the name of it was. But anyway. They lived there, and then when he finished Texarkana College, then they would always work out the arsenal, Lone Star or whatever, whatever. That was the place to work back then. Yeah. And you could yeah. work at night and you know, stuff like that. Let's work, let's get off at the 11 o'clock shift, whatever it was, that 4 to 11 shift, whatever. Come home and eat a half gallon of ice cream and didn't, didn't gain a pound. I mean, it was amazing. He loved it. But he kept doing that, and then he settled down and, Next thing you know, he's a big boy. <laughs> but, but, you know, for the longest of time, he was always oh, in the state. Finished, yeah. you know, he finished, went to, after Texas County, went to North Texas State, selling pots and pans and, and Cutco knives, got through that. And, uh, then, you know, of course, the draft got him. So he went to the military, he stayed, you know, got himself in the artillery got, so he could be as far back in the front line as possible. Yeah. He couldn't get the quartermaster school. That, that was full. <laughs> so he went to artillery school and uh, got lucky. Half his class went to Germany. or went Half his class went to, from Fort Steele, went to Vietnam. The other half got stationed in the U.S. and Europe and other NATO countries and so forth. He got lucky. He got Germany. But then he came back. And Stephen. Well, my brother used to Stephen say. Stephen talked him into going to law school. Uh, and agreed to pay for it, pay for Lewis at law school, because uh, Stephen kept saying, you know, realtor, I need 
We need some we lawyers. Need, we need lawyers to keep us out of jail, <laughs> jail do contracts, and all oh, you know, title. You know. So he, it was a combination: keep me out of jail, get the contracts done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. smart. Yeah, and and he wanted he didn't like paying lawyers, so I figured if he bought one by helping him pay for it, he'd get free legal services from him. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no. Hell, I remember Steve and Lewis. I was down at lawyers' title. No telling what reason, but anyway, I was down there, and the three of us were in there. And him and Stephen were having a big argument. I mean, Lewis was, you know, calling your dad stupid. You don't, have, you don't have that kind of money to piss off. You know, I mean, he was getting on to him because Stephen wasn't going to cut commission for like a thousand or two thousand dollars to get the deal closed. And Lewis, <laughs> Lewis was, you know, he's ready to close. He got the paperwork, and they say, well, we, you know, Stephen, I ain't, no, I ain't cutting nothing. You know, he wanted it's to. It's mine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and oh, Lewis is mad. You know, he said, you just, I don't it might have been $8,000 commission. He wanted, and Lewis wanted him to cut it a couple thousand and get a couple, he wanted to negotiate. Lewis was a, a solid day. You know, he could get people together. He said, we'll get a couple thousand. See, so give up 2000 No, I ain't giving up a penny of money. You know, <laughs> and blew the deal up. And that's what Lewis was mad, you know, because Lewis was going to at least get some legal fees out of it, you know. But now, Lewis was just mad at Stephen for just letting that money walk. He yeah. said, Stephen, you know, mm -mm, mm, I ain't cutting anything. You're not getting rid of money. You, know, you can't have my money. Yeah, he did think he won on some things that I was like, I think that's a loss. Like, <laughs> but you were so proud on your principal moment right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I understood where Steve was coming from, but don't let a deal walk, you know. Get a little bit from everybody. That's what Lewis was trying to do. Yeah, uh, Mother and Stephen have one thing in common. If you came to them asking for help, they would give it to you. They'd give it. Yeah. But they could be equally as nutty. <laughs> <laughs> And generous as they can be, but they could be hell-bent and determined that if I'm entitled to this or did this. So with Mother, for example, if you drove her car, if it didn't come back with the exact same amount of gas she gave it to you or more, you were going to hear about it forever. <laughs> but if you went in and said, Mother, I need $2,000 because I got it. Oh, sure, son. But dang, $3 worth of gas you use up and you know, because that was the way she was. With Stephen, he'd be But if he thought he was entitled to that or he was doing it right and they were wrong, he didn't move. Whereas Lewis always figured, what's the cheapest way to get out of this deal? Yeah, or just you know, what? How do I get out of it so it doesn't distract me? Some people have the ability to, to not let those things get wear on them. I'm not one of them. I'm a, I'm more of the Steve Lewis type. I got to get a deal closed. I got to move past it. Not I'm not going to fight about it. Huh? Last night on Monopoly, you would not let Celia cheat. <laughs> <laughs> no. You would not let that little girl. I was trying to teach money. you. You got to play by the rules. <laughs> you got to play by the rules. You got to teach them. You got to play by the rules. <laughs> then you got to show them how to manipulate the rules. I, I remember Lewis doing all the same moves that I did on her last night to me when we were playing Monopoly, and at the end of the damn game, he had all the money in the car. and I thought. I don't want to teach you Lewis Raffaelli style. Uh, first, you uh, so you work a trade. Now you get double rent. You start, and that uh, that all came from Lewis years ago. Because uh, he will buy as much yeah. ice cream, be so generous. <laughs> come huh? over with loads of sugar and be like, no, you rolled a two. You rolled You're a two. not a three on chance. <laughs> you are a two. Pay rent. Pay rent. Pay rent. 
Don't cheat the landlord. That's something you got to learn early. You don't let anybody cheat the landlord. Because, <laughs> kids, you may be a landlord someday. <laughs> you may want to be a high chance of being a landlord. <laughs> you yeah, but you're, you're, you're supposed to be a good uncle. <laughs> Oh, he's I, he's I gave her credit. Her. She told me when she gave me the penguin that I was going to win because the penguin always wins. So when I, the game was over, I said, thank you for letting me be a penguin. You told me that was the automatic winner. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, I'll give you the penguin, but the penguin always wins. <laughs> and then I said, thank you. You gave me the penguin, and I won. That was sweet of you. So she rigged the game for me in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to let her cheat the penguin. <laughs> you don't cheat the penguin. <laughs> you know. I can remember uh, Steven. But I don't exactly. know where we were going. I, I remember he, he did those same moves with me. And I thought, oh, you know, it's an interesting way he approached it. You know? But Lewis was a good deal maker. He would, yeah. he would you know, I, I, I tend to be. He helped Steven and Tommy together. Mm -hmm. Forever. He yeah. really did have that ability to keep them, uh, which I have, did not have. <laughs> As much as I tried. Well, or, Reba. He, he, huh? or Reba. No. Lewis no, was on site, though. He uh -huh. was on site. He, you know, he was here. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd keep, you know, he, well, they, and they both respected him. You know, that helped, too. I mean, Stephen would listen to Lewis. They might not like it, but he'd listen. Might not do it, but Lewis had his ear. And, uh, but anyway, but I can remember Stephen. I was telling him one time, you know, we'd bought some fast food or coffee or something, and you know, he dropped a penny or something. He's leaning out of his car trying to pick that penny up. You know, I said, Stephen, you got dollar bills flying out the back end of your trunk, <laughs> and you worried about pennies. I said, yeah, but that's my penny. <laughs> I said, come on, just go on, just a pity or two, you know, because he dropped the change. Yeah. Uh, you really do have to focus on both the outflow and the inflow. And mm -hmm. Stephen was more of a focused on the solver problem. His way of solving it was to just increase the revenue stream mm -hmm. as opposed to look at the expenses and figure out where you're spending your money and are, is it efficient or economic. Right. He, he was too busy driving, you know, and had so many commitments out that he never really had the time or the ability to, wasn't his focus. His thinking was, okay, I saw the problem, I'm gonna solve it by making more money. I'm not gonna solve it by cutting expenses. And, yeah. and, and you really do need to do both. You've got to mm -hmm. constantly be trying to figure out what you're doing right. I mean, in my game, you know, in DC, and I've now built three firms, uh, and we've been very lucky with each one. But every, every time I do one, I learn. I make mistakes, and I, I see the mistakes of, of how you uh, you you got to focus on getting people in the shop that can create revenue. You got to find those people that can service clients, but you got to look at the cost of, uh, uh, constantly. To, to how how do I you know when we get into financial squeezes, where do you save it, and, and how do you save it? And, Stephen, because he was in sales, believed he could solve it by just yeah. going out and selling more. Mm -hmm. Whereas most businesses, if it's an economic downturn, you know, you, you start looking at how you tighten your butt, belt and, yeah. and bring Cut it in. It, the salesman mentality in him was, I'll just go work harder and sell more, but I'm going to get it done. And, uh, or 
that he started using creativity with you know uh, is understanding of finance and understanding how to use real estate to borrow against and do other things play with allowed him to keep keep the game going mm-hmm. uh, but it, it was a, a full appreciation of the financing skills and I believe but he would have been better off cutting expenses and operate and thinking a little more strategically about the kinds of properties but when you when you don't have anything all you're trying to do is create something and if you can create something by leaving your commission on the table and figuring out a way to get in the deal mm-hmm. get the house and let it pay for itself that's leverage and that you know you just got to keep it rent so that it pays for itself because you can't afford to pay the mortgage if it doesn't so you got to keep it or you try you know you, or you make a few but the the whole theory on it was they and they're going to buy this house for me and if you get that tenant that stays in that same house for 20 years all of a sudden you own it mm-hmm. free and clear and you only put five grand in it plus all the years of it but you, uh, you also got to think about which properties you're keeping. Thing, but he never really cleaned out that pieces of it. So that's why you got so much stuff in, the, in a lot of different places all over. But it was always about trying to create wealth. You know, I mean, the, our when we were in our family, Ray Walsh. You want to talk to somebody? It'd be fun to visit with is Ray, because Ray's daddy, um, and Ray, you know, uh, old man Walsh made his money in the stock market. And Stephen was pretty close to Mr. Uh, Walsh, you know, he had a loft over, over there on New Boston Road. Uh, anyway, he had a small allotment stacked with the Wall Street Journal with all this stuff. And he made, mo- he did most of it, made a lot of his money trading stocks. And he was a smart stock guy. But then once he made a lot of money like that, he started buying raw land all over uh, outside. You know, he he thought strategically about how he thought the town yeah. would live or community. You know how it would grow, would grow and yeah. he bought properties in different areas to try to be positioned to own that property when it was cheaper property to buy. There's a property way out there, you know. Uh, so he got he diversified out of stock and had real estate, but he he was more stock go real estate. Stephen was real estate, and he had a portfolio going. He actually had a kilos and hours. You know, he was. Pretty aggressive at trying to put money away and play the stock game with Ray and let Mr. Walsh kind of guide him through that. But then uh, the cycle, the cyclical nature of the business, he got all this real estate and the market turned down. He had mortgages to pay, whereas Ray was just buying raw land with cash. You know, he was making, you know, he was probably paying cash (coughs) a lot of times or certainly knew where to get it if he needed it and had the ability to borrow. When When you were starting out where we were starting out, Stephen didn't have that option. <laughs> so you know, he was trying to play a game that at times it could get real tight. Right. And that's when you're borrowing on your credit card to pay the payroll. <laughs> and those are the bad days. <laughs> so you could, you know, it, you know the, but the nice thing about what he did was he now got it set up. Hey, Mikey. Hey. Hi. Okay, get, we got, we got oh. roll. Let, you got any other questions? Let, no, but I want to thank both of you for nothing um, no this was wonderful <laughs> and it gave me some tips on even my business so fun I, to hear about Texarkana. yes and i know yeah, there's more so we will have to have some more of these just bring the beer or the scotch <laughs> yeah, we got it oh, yeah. cigars yeah. Yeah. Nah, nah, hey we can do business Well, 
know y'all know how to pack, so yeah. sell some houses where you have to help the owners pack. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah we're good. I don't know if we would do that for everybody. I like, I like the ending that you put in there. That was awesome. Huh? I like how you ended it. That was pretty cool. Like how you guys were out uh, like building the wealth side of it. That's like, that's awesome. <laughs> that was good. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested in more content like this, make sure to follow us online. We got you covered. Hosted by Raffaele Realtors. Produced by McLean Media. Music by Jody Crump at Studio C. Thanks for listening to Got You Covered, a true real estate podcast.